Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Friday, July 29th, this is Drive Time Lincoln. I am Jack Riggins, the host. Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. We are both here. Exciting show today. Uh, we've got uh, both Matt Anderson and Michael Sieberson in with Branched Oak Observatory. Did I get that right, Michael? It was close. Close. Sibernson. Sibernson. There you go. Australia astrology. <laughs> it's a, you at, yeah, right? <laughs> Already with the jokes. I love yeah, it. Yeah, these guys hammer me pretty good, and, and everyone that listens knows that I'm bound to mess up uh, not only a few names per show, but uh, definitely words and context. Um, and then Matt Innes will be in in the second segment, and, and we'll talk some local politics. But first, um, excited about Branch Oak Observatory and what they have going on, and we'll go through that. But let's talk about CEF a little bit, Matt, and your next leader's lead and whatever's going on. Well, thank you, Commander. Yeah, so we took a break in July. Uh, as everybody kind of take a pause, and we had vacations and stuff going on, and we're kicking it off uh, here this Tuesday uh, on our leader's lead uh, we're going to have Nebraska State Senator Rob Clements. And uh, if anybody knows about uh, Senator Clements, he is uh, one of the stellar uh, senators for the state of Nebraska. And uh, we have him coming to uh, to talk, share about some leadership qualities. And, of course, part of the leader's lead is for having individuals come and speaking about what was their life like before Christ, when did they come to Christ, and then what does that relationship do for them on a personal level, family, and professional, and then the leadership qualities and skills that they've learned or garnered uh, from that. And I know Senator Clements has got some great uh, uh, things to tell us. And then two weeks later, we're going to have Dr. Elena Newman. So uh, starting off this Tuesday, we we still have some spots. We do want you to RSVP when you go to cefnebraska.org. Uh, uh, it is a morning event, so doors open at 745. He will begin speaking at 815, and he speaks for about a half an hour. The following two weeks after that, uh, at the same website, uh, we'll have Dr. Elena Newman. And there, that will run from 11.30 a.m. until 1 p.m. And uh, there we have a complimentary uh, lunch uh, that is served uh, for you there over that time period. Oh, that's great. Uh, Senator Clements is, uh, and I think he's just one of the most sage people across Nebraska in his representation of um, not only our state, but how he goes about doing his business down at the legislature. And I think any any leaders, young or old, uh, could benefit from that, and uh, that'll be a great. And as I've said, Dr. Elena Newman's no, uh, no secret to people that listen to this show. She's been on, I, I can't think of a better representative for life experience and immigration to the United States, as well as championing immigrant and diversity here in Lincoln and Lancaster County, and mixing it in with essentially our system and our culture here in America. So that's, those are two good speakers uh, to uh, go with your events. Yeah, and we have, uh, this is uh, by no means the entire uh, remainder, but we have, uh, we'll have, uh, see, Mike Anderson, Anderson mm-hmm. Ford is going to come speak. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have uh, Jim uh, Jim Ballard from James Arthur Vineyards. Uh, a gentleman that you'll like, uh, Colonel Beckenauer, 
Um, he is a former chopper pilot at a world, excuse me, not World War II. Uh, <laughs> that would have been something interesting. Boy, I guess we can add that one. Uh, let's try that again. Colonel Beckenauer, uh, who was a chopper pilot in Vietnam, uh, shot down three times, 56, 56 air medals. That he has received and a number of other accommodations. Uh, Todd Watson also mm-hmm. will be one of our speakers and uh, a guy that you know here uh, very well, uh, Doug Kirkpatrick. There you go. And he'll be our uh, speaker. He'll be uh, ending uh, that uh, series for the year. So we're looking forward to that. Well, Matt, and that it's that's on the host. I I tend to bring out the best in people when they come on the show and mess up stories. Well, Branch Oak Observatory, um, you guys are continuing to roll. I mean, different weather. Sometimes the weather's great. Sometimes it's a little not perfect. But uh, what's up next at Branch Oak Observatory? So we've got a number of things going on. We have a a, a big event which we'll talk about here uh, momentarily on the twentieth of August. But just to remind everyone, this entire summer we've been open every single weekend for we're calling it open observing. So Saturday night at nine o'clock until eleven, people are uh, invited to come on out, enjoy the night sky, and then on the following Sunday we have what's called Sunday at Branch Oak Observatory, and that's from one to five during the day, and you get to do what you're always told never to do, and that's to look at the sun. We have safe solar viewing through uh, special telescopes, white light uh, solar viewing, allowing you to look at the photosphere of the sun, and then uh, hydrogen alpha solar telescopes to allow you to look at the chromosphere of the sun. So just a, an amazing opportunity. Michael, you have Sunday. to back up. You have to back up. Chronosphere of the sun. Help help, <laughs> Commander Jack Riggins understand So that. when you look up at the sun, not that you should look at the right, sun, but right. when you perceive the sun out of the corner of your eye and you kind of look up there, that's the photosphere, and that's the visible surface. And the way I like to remember it is if you were to take a photo of the sun, that's the okay. photosphere that you see. Floating above the photosphere is the chromosphere, and the chromosphere is, well, literally outshined by the photosphere underneath it. But by blocking out a number of wavelengths, all the wavelengths except for an extraordinarily narrow band of the electromagnetic spectrum that is correlated to burning hydrogen. It's called the hydrogen alpha line. Ionized uh, 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 hydrogen electrons are jumping back towards the ground state and they release a particular color. And this telescope just chops away all the colors and then like a scalpel cuts away this really small wavelength. And that allows us to literally see this layer above the photosphere, the chromosphere. And what the photosphere we see sunspots and there's a lot of them right now but on the chromosphere we see solar flares solar prominences filaments granulation we see essentially everything else right and while white light uh viewing of the sun is relatively common hydrogen alpha viewing of the sun is a little less common and we give everyone a uh, opportunity to do that on sunday on sundays that's right special special optics special telescopes um, that's cool. You never want to look at the sun no. uh, with binoculars, with the unaided eye, and especially through a telescope unless you have these very, very special optics. And uh, the s- summer 
uh, is our viewing is ending here at the middle of August. That's our the the first two weeks. Okay. Those weekends will be our last two weekends that will be open for open observing on Saturday night and Sunday. So encourage everyone to come on out. Absolutely, and I can imagine just as you described it, how you're seeing about anything the sun has to offer through that type of viewing experience. The sun is very active right now. Yeah. Uh, we've had years and years of this low activity, and all of a sudden, boy, it's having a party, and you need to come on out and take a look. <laughs> it's having a party. That's a good line. Uh, what else? Nighttime. So we have uh, our large event, which is coming up, was going to be, if you've been watching our calendar and our schedule, it was going to be Return of the Giants. We were going to be looking at Saturn and Jupiter coming up over the horizon, staying out a little bit late so Mm -hmm. we can catch those. And we're still going to do that. But we had a change of name. We are working with the Prairie Astronomy Club here in Lincoln and Hyde Memorial Observatory. We will have a program on August 20th called Discovering the James Webb Space Telescope. So we'll be talking all about the James Webb Space Telescope, things that you have already heard, but a lot of things that maybe you haven't heard. Uh, Some information about the James Webb Space Telescope, the production of the telescope, what it's doing, what it will be doing in the future, and of course, we'll be looking at some of the amazing imagery that has already come down. Some that's been really popular, but it's it's like been a fire hose of information. It's just incredible how the uh, imagery and the information that we've been giving. And uh, we will be projecting this onto a giant screen, all these great images from the James Webb Space Telescope. I'll be giving a program about the JWST. And uh, then, of course, when it gets dark, we'll be looking at the night sky through our variety of telescopes. Wow. Um, special presentations on James Webb. Honestly, anybody that's older, you should think that, to me, it's like, to me, it's the pinnacle of human engineering. It is. It, it really. And I know it's now so far away, but even for the youth, um, what it is going to offer for you as you grow up in both education and excitement is so cool. And we have a chance at Branch Oak Observatory to start getting educated on it. That's right. You know, um, nighttime as well. So then after that, you're back on to nighttime. What are, what's going on up in the stars right now, and, and what are some of the excitement, as well as I know you guys are always um, supporting local, whether it be, you know, police, whether it be teachers, but, you know, who's kind of the honorary guests as we move forward? So, as you know, this year we started a, a, a new campaign along with Security First Bank where we are honoring a particular community a group, a mm-hmm. community group, and this month for, during at least, the James Webb Space Telescope program, discovering the JWST, we will be honoring uh, uh, the police and uh, law enforcement. And if you come, if uh, and it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, current or retired, if you come on out, let us know. We'll put a star on your chest so everybody knows who you are. And then also you'll get a raffle ticket that will go in towards a raffle that night. Only the people who are members of law enforcement will get a raffle towards a pair of Vortex 10 by 50 binoculars. Some really, really excellent quality binoculars. Which law enforcement will know, don't look into the sun. With right, those exactly. But no. yeah, a very good piece of kit, as we would like yeah. to say. Um, no, that's awesome. Um, stars right now. I've lost track a little bit. I tend to get terrestrial again. And honestly, Johnny knows I should spend most of my time out in the stars. I'd be a lot healthier. Uh, but what's going on up there? Well, right now, you can just see that Milky Way practically going right over your head, right through your zenith. This so-called summer triangle, which is made up of 
three very bright stars. Each one is in a different constellation. The Summer Triangle is straight above our head, 11 to midnight or so, so you'll get a chance to see that. If you look due south, you'll see the Scorpion, and the Scorpion, of course, is a great constellation, mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful shape, uh, but that's the one that killed Orion the Hunter in Greek <laughs> mythology, and I bring it up because Orion the Hunter is the constellation there that everybody knows. You know, right. right after the asterism of the Big Dipper, uh, Orion the Hunter is just a favorite, and I have to remind people he's a winter constellation and uh, so we have to wait a while to see Orion but the one that uh, clobbered old, old old Orion is now up high in the south also right next to Orion you can see a fantastic asterism a little more modern pattern mm -hmm. it's inside of a constellation Sagittarius called the teapot so take a look in the south later tonight just look at those brighter stars you of course have to use your imagination but you can see it it looks like a teapot okay and if you look carefully you can see a little steam coming out of the nozzle of the teapot and that is of course the milky way as it goes over your head i'll be dang i'll be dang uh i always love learning about it you know and i years ago when apps were just coming out i found a couple apps that i thought were good at, at guiding say beginner to where the stars would be in the sky do you guys ever dilly-dally with any of that stuff or have any suggestions if somebody is new and says where can I there are a number of great apps and I think I any app is better than, than right. no app and right. what's so wonderful about these apps is that they allow you to see the sky even if it's cloudy they allow you to see the sky even if you're sitting on your couch right. it almost gives you x-ray vision you can look mm -hmm. right through the walls and heck you can look right through the ground and see which constellations will be coming up in the east right uh, we use these ourselves the one that we use out at the observatory is sky safari there okay. are a number of others but that's sure. the one that we like and the reason we like that one is that it actually connects to our telescopes oh cool so we can zoom in on something if we see let's see the the Andromeda Galaxy, we can click on it, hit go to, and then remotely our telescope will move to that and then look at that <laughs> oh, particular object. Cool. So all those apps are, are great. Some of them now have the augmented reality oh, sure. feature where it uses the uh, camera on the phone and then kind of superimposes the, the figures and the uh, IAU lines between the stars. Right. Uh, for the different constellations in the actual night sky it really allows you to learn the night sky yeah. much easier than it used to be. Yeah, no, I, I thought they were fantastic, and I, I do believe I've used Sky Safari. I tried to teach my kids kind of using it, and uh, it is kind of neat because you can use it indoors, you can use it anywhere, and, and it gives you a real good 3D sense. To me, it's always like turning Google Earth upside down or yeah, outward yeah exactly and so it's it's very user-friendly i appreciate you sharing that because you guys would know um i have to ask this question i have always a dumb question of the day from jack it drives me nuts as a former sailor and you know navigator you know i'm always wanting to find the north star mm -hmm. and so it's like the first thing i always try to find and i have my ways but over the years i've never got the chance to ask a professional why is it sometimes that it's dimmer and then other times it's brighter. Now, I get if I'm in the city, but there's times where I, I kind of start to panic because I'm like, where'd it go? Wait, oh, there it is. Now, there is some variability to the brightness of, mm -hmm. of Polaris, the North Star, but you're probably not necessarily going to perceive that. I imagine any change that you're seeing in the brightness has to do with the atmosphere the at ambient the ambient light and where I'm yes, at Yes, it's going, it's going to be both the light pollution around you right. because that very much affects the the apparent brightness of the stars sure. that you see, but also the atmosphere itself, how okay. much moisture is in the air, dust particles, 
uh, etc. So it stays pretty darn constant. It's going to stay fairly constant what, what, from your yeah from your point of view. What I've been observing when I sense that reality is either local light sources or clutter in the atmosphere that's giving me the sense that oh my gosh I can't find the North Star I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. But the first thing to do is to go on out. You'll you kind of look north or where uh-huh. you think north is. It doesn't matter if it's northeast or northwest or due north. Look for that Big Dipper. That's right. Use the pointer stars that are yep. the two stars in the end of the cup, yep. and they just follow that along to the next brightest star that yep. you see in the sky. And just remember, North Star's not a bright star. It's not no. famous because it's big and bright. It's right. actually about the 48th brightest in the sky. Yeah. It's famous because of its position in the sky, marking a position called the North Celestial Pole. It's not mm-hmm. exactly on it, but it's very, very close to it. Right. And that's the reason why it's always over the North Point. Right. Another interesting thing to uh, to mention is that while the North Star is always in the north, its altitude changes depending on your latitude. In fact, the altitude of the North Star is equal to your latitude. So if you're in Lincoln, Nebraska, 41 degrees mm-hmm. north latitude, that North Star will be 41 degrees above the North Point. I may have learned that, but I, I'm not sure I did. That's a great uh, kind of tidbit of where you're at, you know, latitude-wise of where it's going right. to be at. You travel to yeah. North Dakota a little higher, Canada a little higher, right. and if you're at the North Pole of the Earth, North Star would be right at your zenith. That's right pretty cool. You. It'd be right above you. Uh, kids, that's a good one to know, a good one to learn. As a matter of fact, every time I go out, that's how I get my reference point. I find the dipper, and then I use my pointer lines, and I look. And you're right. It's not always the brightest star in there. But I will tell you what, as you guys know, it is very good to get your orientation of north, Absolutely. west, Absolutely. east, south, all that. Uh, wow, a lot of good events coming up. Uh, did we miss anything? Um. Our barbecue coming up on the 24th of September. That's our, our big one. We're going to recognize all the branches of the military. Uh, we have uh, a, a building project uh, going on where we've applied to the Union Bank, the Big Give. Okay. So uh, be looking for us. Hopefully we're one of the, the lucky small nonprofits. And uh, the Earth Moon Earth Project is moving along nicely. Uh, we're just waiting for the completion of the tower, and then things will assemble quickly after that. Well, a lot of exciting things, not only with CEF and Leaders Lead and the speakers, but also continuing the mission at Branch Oak Observatory. And really cool that you're uh, introducing um, James Webb to everybody. Really cool stuff, guys. Very good. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, you bet. Short notice. uh, When we come back, uh, we'll have a quick little two minutes. Carla James will probably be on the news. As I like to say, it's sunny and 78 outside, San Diego, California weather. And I'm Jack Riggins, 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, uh, first segment there, we had uh, Matthew and Michael on talking CEF and what they have coming up um, with their Leaders Lead program, Senator Clements, as well as Dr. Elena Newman in the next couple of weeks. And Matt went through kind of building out their program. Uh, Michael had a lot of great things to say. Hope we got some education, not only on what they're teaching out there with James Webb uh, and uh, Sunday, which I thought was, I'm going to say it right, Sunday, play on words there, folks. But, um, you know, if you... 
type in Google or you've watched anything on the sun, it's probably one of the coolest things to get to view, and they have special optics to where you essentially get to see everything that's going on in what I'm going to call the main body of the sun, and then uh, the chromosphere. The chromosphere, um, which you're talking flares and kind of that outside shell. But, you know, the sun is just a giantly active, as I like to think about it, nuclear ball. And uh, and I think that's a great, you know, daytime activity. And then you just look at the, the nighttime stuff. And, and we talked a lot about what's going on. And, um, you know, you basically have two weeks left to kind of view the sun. Um, but as you go through um, the different parts of uh, the solstice, um, there's a lot of different things you can do out at Branched Oak. And uh, I think it's a good thing. It's a good community thing. It's a good way to spend some quality time with young people. But even older folks, I mean, I can't say enough about this James Webb stuff. Um because I have always loved astronomy <laughs> and astrology and Australia. Um, and I just think that um, you know, the young people are just going to have so much access to wonderful information and things to expand their minds. And again, I appreciate both of you guys coming in. And uh, when we come back, we'll have Matt Innes in the studio. Matt is always full of fire. I honestly don't know exactly what it'll be, but we'll just work through it. 1499 3KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 5.37 here, start of the second segment of Drive Time Lincoln. I'm still your host, Jack Riggins, and Johnny Cadillac's producing the show. Had a good first segment uh, with um, CEF and their leader's lead, as well as Branched Oak Observatory and all they have going on. Like championing championing those two initiatives. Um, Before we get to Matt Innes here and and some local uh, politics and goings on, I, I do have to say, I peruse the text line all the time, and the text line uh, goes to both LNK Today, The Morning Show, and Drive Time Lincoln, and, uh, you know, there is some crossover, but I have to say, Dealer Dave, who I don't know, but Dealer Dave as a handle on the text line, I am going to say that your text of We Need Jack Mitchell signature tearaways to compliment essentially the cargo shorts jack the commanders in full support jack mitchell if you're listening lnk today when you go back and listen to the tape i want dealer dave's text and request to come true we do need jack mitchell signature tearaway pants warm-ups whatever we want to call it that would be epic no doubt about it. Dealer Dave, uh, really nice post there. I'm glad I got to see that one in the crossover. So I'm assuming you saw the gif on there, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. All right, so what we've got is uh, Jane Raybould, as you know, um, 
getting some, I'm just going to call it some love from county officials at the county fair, judging a cinnamon bun roll chili contest. Uh, folks, you can't do that stuff. It's been advertised in the paper. It's just Democrats being Democrats. And I thought there's nobody better than Matt Innes to bring in uh, to explain it all to us. Matt, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Oh, Jack, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, you bet. Well, can you break this down for me in the audience so I'm not necessarily spreading rumors and things like that, but I'm going, here's what happened, here's what it is, and here's why it's no good. Well, it's, it's mainly you've got a, a board of the county fair, and I'm not quite sure how they're made up or who appoints them. They're not elected, and they're using tax dollars to basically advertise for Jane Rabel. And Jane Rebold is running for legislature against Roy Christensen. Now, it's an election year, and there's a lot of laws, there's a lot of uh, regulation and money that can be used to promote somebody. And it doesn't matter if it's promoting as a political function or as just highlighting them for something else like judging a cinnamon roll eating contest or whatever it is that she's judging. Uh, so they put an ad in the, I believe it was the Sunday paper mm-hmm. that, that promoted this for her. Also, you have the fact that Russ's market, um, is sponsoring this and I'm sure they've donated a large sum of money. And, you know, to me, it just would be interesting to see the communications between them and how this was all cited to put her on there because anytime you're looking at something like this. It's always suspect. Right. Uh, you know, and when you're running for office and I ran for federal office, which is way, way more stricter than, uh, than state like, or uh, local. Yeah. State. Right. Exactly. And the, but this is a state office that she's running for. And it just gives the appearance of impropriety. Um, the problem with this is that you can't have a solution to this until probably after January. She has till January to file of 2023, which means that we may not have an answer on any of this until April. So you don't even know how this would play out. She literally could be elected and have violated election laws, violated campaign finance laws, and you just you don't know how they're going to rule until after the election, and it's a it's a dirty little trick that that's used by uh, you know mainly Democrats. Although I did have the dirty trick played on me when I ran for office in reverse. So, well, before we go to that, I want to just clearly understand it because uh, my understanding is the the county board for the fair is is chosen by the county commissioners, Democrat controlled. I would think that if I went to the fair group, it's probably more Democrats. And then, uh, as you said, connecting the dots, it doesn't take a lot of, you know, false narrative to go, oh, you know, helping a fellow Democrat out, some free press, some free things. And, oh, by the way, there's some loopholes in the rules to where, you know, we'll just get away with it. And um, clearly we're not going to let her get away with it in the sense of at least bring it forward because I caught it in the paper and thought, well, that's not. That doesn't seem right. Um, but nonetheless, it does It does go on, doesn't it? And in this case, it appears that is what has happened. Yes, exactly. And like I said, this appears that it just reeks. Yeah, the right. optic is terrible. 
Right. And, and this is what you want to avoid. If you want to sit there and be an elected official, you want to avoid all appearances of um, wrongdoing. You yeah. don't want there to be, you know, oh, we're here on a gray issue. Because people nowadays, we're sick of these gray issues. I mean, you see, you see these senators and congressmen selling stock when they know that legislation is going to be passed that's going to tank the stock. Right. Buying stock. And they were allowed to do that. If you or I did that, I mean, we would be literally, you know, we would be in jail. We'd be Martha Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's the thing on the on the flip side, while there might have not necessarily been on the side that asked her, uh, it shows to her team and, and the integrity and things like that, that they are supposed to know these things and to make sure they don't put themselves in those situations where people could question their integrity. And so, you know, there's there should be a double check and balance there. So it's just a really bad optic. And I'm glad you commented on it. Now, you mentioned that something similar to you happened as well when you ran for office. Right. So um, about two and a half years ago, I had Teresa Thibodeau, uh, when she was the chairwoman for the uh, Douglas County Party, Republican Party, she filed a fake FEC complaint on my campaign on behalf of the NRSD and Ben Sass. And it basically said I misappropriated money, which I didn't really have much money, so I don't know how I could misappropriate anything. And she knew, just like I did, that the FEC didn't have a quorum. You had COVID. They weren't even meeting. And so, therefore, it would be a year before you could get a ruling on that to take that, you know, dark cloud off over your head. And it did. It took a year. And then the FEC finally met. They looked at it. And they said, yeah, this is bogus. And they threw it away. Um, you know, last March, she met with me finally. And she admitted to me what I already knew, even though I was I was told I was lying about it for for a while. Um, but she admitted, and she told me why she did it, and um, you know the people that had encouraged her to do it. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, that's I mean that's just pretty low. But hey, they knew that the FEC. There's no way I could prove I was innocent until the FEC met. Um, this is you know, and you look at what Jane Rabel. There's no way to prove she's guilty until she files her report in January, and you're able to look at that. Well, maybe cooler heads will prevail, and they'll just realize, okay, this is a make mistake, and just don't do it. Um, yeah, interesting on the, on the Thibodeau. I mean, and you alluded to it when you just described the situation. This does happen. What it sounds like to me is like I'll call it political tactic. Um, and some of it, you know, just goes too far. Um, I'm glad that you at least got to talk with Teresa Thibodeau and, uh, you know, she's been on the show a few times and, and, and does well explaining things. Never asked her about this because I wouldn't know. Um, but I mean, these things do happen in politics. And I, I think that the more, you know, I can through you or whoever else explain some of this to the people that it helps them be more educated about things going on in politics. Right. I, I mean, in one way that this fair board, if they truly were not trying to, um, you know, favor one person over another and use our tax dollars to promote one candidate over another, they could have just had both of them. Right. As judges. And that would have been, you know, I mean, I think it would have been better, way better optics for them. And I think people would have been like, oh, hey, this is great. It would have, you know, it been a very positive thing to do. But. 
they chose to go this route. And people need to know things like this. When you, when you elect county commissioners and they have the power to put these people um, over like the fair and they get to spend your dollars, hey, you know, they can, they can violate rules and you can't do anything about it until after the damage is done. And they can take your tax dollars and just do whatever they want with them. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, and I think you you brought up a great point, which is you hear a lot of people, and I know that, you know, some people think I'm divisive. There's people think you're divisive. But when you listen to the underlying message, we're talking about bringing people together to solve problems. And you're right. This could have been an easy win-win with both candidates out there. I mean, you know, different folks that eventually, you know, they're going to represent are able to see them. And And it could have been a kind of a community win, a moving forward win. But instead, it comes across as divisive again. You know, and a lot of people uh, want to get to solving problems instead of having, you know, this divisive nature or outright kind of, you know, I hate to say it at Washington, anti-America agenda. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's too bad. Um, but I think it's good that people catch these things. I think it's good to uh, get the facts out there and air them and, and, and go from there. I have to ask you, because we have you... Um, Moving forward, because clearly you made some both national and and local news uh, with the NEGOP, uh, but mo- moving forward from your optic, um, where are you at as, as this transition occurred? We just had Eric Underwood on yesterday on this show and uh, moving forward into supporting the candidates in November and such and such. How has that been with you kind of coming out of the convention as, as you were one of the uh, more focused persons there? Yeah, well, I, I I believe Steve Bannon called me um, uh, one of the uh, um, Corn, Cornhusker, Husker five. Five? Cornhusker five. Cornhusker five. Cornhusker five. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, well, I, I think here's the thing about Eric that I've learned, and I haven't known Eric very long. We had our we actually sat down and talked, I believe, for the first time um, last February, and and we 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 just talked, and we were very open and honest with each other on things, and I he's a person that I. I like somebody like Eric. He's a right and wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a, you know, you, you go by the books. If you look how, how it was done at that convention, it was done by the book. It was a demonstration in democracy. And it really was. I mean, I, I will admit, and I'm not saying, oh, this is great or not, but he, he's very constitutional and as, as it's written focused. And, and I've always found in the military that is a guiding principle, you know, to go by the book, to go by the book. You know, right. same with you law and order. Wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong if you just follow the rules, the Constitution. You know, I know before, and I know we don't want to look backwards, but a big problem with a lot of people is that we had a constitution and we had always interpreted it one way. And then when they wanted to do something different, they just got an attorney in there that would interpret it differently. Mm. And that's, and stuff like that drove people like me crazy that they would. Do so that. you're so looking for 20 years. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go so ahead. I'm just saying for 20 years, we would sit there and say, this is, this is how we interpret this. And now all of a sudden, because they want to hurt one candidate over another, now we're going to interpret it a different way. And that, I, I think people just kept seeing through a lot of this stuff. And, and they, you know, they were upset. Well, and I think people forget. I mean, I probably follow uh, conservative politics, 
politics more close than others. But, you know, you've been a crossover guy. You've, you've supported candidates that some people would say are establishment. You've supported candidates that are upstarts. And, and so you really look to kind of that value-based proposition that uh, Eric Underwood talks about, you know, are you upholding the values and such? And so uh, I'm getting the sense that you're looking forward uh, to moving forward kind of as an activist, as I like to call you, supporting the conservative cause under that new leadership. Well, yeah, and, you know, and you look at, I, I, was a, I was a Herbster person. There's no doubt about it. You go to my Facebook page and you can clearly tell, um, you know, that I supported Herbster. I uh, didn't didn't support Herbster at the beginning, and because um, I wanted, you know, I like to get into the weeds and mm-hmm. check things out. Um, I have I've sat down with Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly is uh, a good friend of mine. Um, he is the running mate for Jim Tillon. Uh, you know, we we went out to coffee, we chatted. I've I've talked with um, other people involved with the campaign there. I've talked to them on, on ways that they can bring people together. They have the ability to yeah. do it and they have the power to do it. Uh, you know, I just, I scratch my head sometimes and wonder why there's no urgency with that. The longer you wait, you have a lot of people that are just fed up. Uh, and you've got to, you've got to take the stands and you've got to do what needs to be done to bring people together. Uh, I, I think Joe Kelly wants to do that. And uh, I think, I think, I mean, I, I've had conversations with Jim Pillen and I think he wants to too. I think clearly what happened in the NNGOP kind of is a little bump in the road for the whole thing. And then as it solidifies there at the NNGOP, you go forward and you're right. There's some divisions. And I also think it goes back to, I always remember saying, how I see Jim Pillen in the previous ads, like in the primary, doesn't really do the man justice if you get to meet him. And I know they've been very active of getting him kind of out amongst people where you get a better sense. And so I think um, that's going to happen. I know Eric Underwood and the NGOP is going to be pushing for that in what I'm going to call the last surge of the campaign. And pretty much Republicans, you know, everybody knows, hey, we're getting Jim Pillen elected, Mike Flood, this and that. It's just we still got to touch some of the bases, as you said, to get everybody, you know, kind of understanding. Because I think some of it, even the campaigns, you know, the way they went, caused a lot of internal confusion and just the way candidates were presented. You know, and Joe Kelly, as you said, is a great uniter. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. And nobody wants, you know, there, Nebraska does not want to elect, elect Carol Flood no. or Patty Panzanebrooks. We, we do not want the, the, the crazy fringe left um, in power of our state. And we're going to do whatever we can to make sure that doesn't happen. And, and you know, and, and the thing is, people have to understand, I, I see a lot of people saying, oh, what about a writing candidate? What about a third party? No, you don't understand. You know, like Eric Underwood, he has to follow the regulations, the rules, the Constitution of the party. And that's exactly what he will do. Right. The nominee is Jim Pillen. Yep. That's who he has to support. That's who you have to support. Not a writing candidate, not a third party candidate. That doesn't do us any good. Yeah, that's and, that would be the know, worst answer for the conservative movement in Nebraska right now. No doubt about it. Hey, Matt, I got to uh, go, absolutely. but I appreciate your time and thoughts. You have a great weekend. You too, Jack. We'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Well, hey, if you have to sum up that whole conversation about everything, uh, support Republicans, support conservative candidates if you're if you're one because we've got them. 
They're going to work out. They're going to be good. 14993 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 KLIN. All right. Uh, just finish up with Matt Ennis there talking a little bit about. Uh, Inside baseball, we'd say, of politics and some of the mechanisms of when uh, candidates or sympathizers, you know, try to skirt the rules a little bit. Um, bottom line is, is with Jane Raybould and, and that mechanism there of being in the county fair is, is that's not above board. That's not legal, but the system of which you work to fix that doesn't happen fast enough. So it happens. Uh, Matt gave a situation between Republican and Republican where that happens. And, and it's just the education of the process is, is my point there. Um, as well as, uh, first segment, uh, the CEF guys in talking about leaders lead. Great program with, uh, Senator Clements coming in this week and then Branch Oak Observatory as well. Just a phenomenal place here in Lincoln to go out and get your astrology on. And, uh, I'd be remiss to say, astrology uh, on. Did, did I screw it up again? You said astrology on. Oh, yeah. Astronomy. <laughs> We're so Jeez. used to joking we are, about that. We are. We have three words for the stars, uh, Australia, astrology, and astronomy. <laughs> and if you listen long enough, you'll understand my language. <laughs> oh, geez. Johnny, what would we do without you? Um, and also, good good call offline. Um, I agree. I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, good call chat. You know, talking compromise, talking how to do it, and just the general divisiveness of America right now. And that's true. We're there. Um, but I always bring it back to compromise because I know where divisiveness leads, right? It might not lead there this year or next year or five years or ten years, but what it leads to is mass war, mass conflict. We don't want that. That's why I'm always bending back towards figuring compromises, especially... Um, in a place where politically there's a lot of divide. Um, because that's, that's how we go forward in democracy. It really is. Okay. Have a great weekend. 1499.3 KLIN.